Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line. And now, here are your hosts, award-winning influencer and pioneering author of seven books, Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. We call it capture, transform, and analyze here. By capturing it first, you know what's going on. By transforming it, you transform it into something that's readable by a machine. And then we have a great set of AI and ML tools that start to tell you what are the trends. As I look at where I think customer experience is going over the next sort of 10 years, there's one word that I think is, is going to make a difference between for organizations, and the word is proactive. I just want to reinforce, you, you heard what Tom said, Ryan, didn't you? That he said he thinks I'm right. No, actually, uh, you were breaking up during that portion. So. <laughs> So Ryan, you know my background is in contact centers. I used to run three and a half thousand people back in the day in contact centers around the, the globe. Do you remember that? I remember you telling me about it, yes. Yes. Well, contact centers have always been one of my passions. I bumped into a chap called Tom Goodmason, who is the president and CEO of a company called Calabrio, who are a global customer experience intelligent company, and they build software to enrich customer interactions. I reached out to Tom and I invited Tom on the show because he's got some really interesting views on the future of contact centers. So welcome, Tom. Thank you, Colin. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation. This is something that I've been passionate about for a while. Maybe we could start off, Tom, by just getting your sense of where are we today? Because, you know, if I go back into my past, and look, it, it starts, doesn't it? I start by asking you a question and then rattling on about things for four hours. If I look back into the, my, my old world of contact centers, contact centers were always seen as, in my view, they were always seen as like second-class citizens, cost centers. They were the things that everybody sort of tried to reduce and get more, much more efficient as time went on. And efficiency is not a, clearly a bad thing. But where do you see it? today and let's start off where do you see them today yeah that's a, that's a huge question colin it's a, we if you think about i started this company 15 years ago and it was still at the tail end of being a cost center and second class citizens and so and we really started this company with the idea that there's so much rich data uh, that could be exposed that we would give that out and figure out a way to make it be frontline help to the company and the company's brand. And so if you fast forward 13 of those years to the beginning of COVID, we were having a nice little move towards the modern contact center and, and really COVID two, did two things. One, it slowed it down. Two, it sped it up. Uh, in other words, if you think about it slowing it down, we had to get everybody home and safe and speeding it up, the pace of technology changed. The whole idea, they were the last ones to embrace the cloud. You have to embrace the cloud to be at home. The last one to embrace most technologies and they're now the first because it's so important. There's so many things going on. And so that's a really 
quick way of saying we're in a really cool spot for a contact center right now, getting companies to have embraced what an awesome job they can do at taking care of your brand. I love the contact center in environment. But have you got a view as to why organizations, you know, they just don't consider it the same as the sales force or marketing. It just hasn't got that sort of panache of either of those departments, does it? Yeah, it, it hasn't in the past. And it really comes down, boils down pretty simply to, if you think about all the turnover they used to have, uh, I'm sure when you were running the telecom, you were dealing with probably 50% turnover, more or less. Yeah. And so when you have that kind of turnover and don't train people and don't take care of them, we at Calabrio talk a lot about the human experience and treating the contact center agents better will make them better at taking care of your customers and, and kind of elevate the whole thing. And it just takes time. But that's really what it comes down to is you didn't have enough, even though all this awesome data was in there, you didn't have enough context around it for one. And two, frankly, the technologies weren't caught up to what it would take to do this. And I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about all of the technologies we've been building to help that. And when you say the human experience, can you enlighten us about that? Because obviously, we talk a lot about behavioral science on the show. We talk a lot about customer emotions and, and how customer experience and employee experience are, are similar in the sense of we're talking about a human experience. Can you give us your take on that human experience piece? Absolutely. So if you think we approach it from the human experience of the contact center worker. And so how are they feeling? How are they trained? Is this a career or is this a job? And so we're constantly trying to reduce turnover, increase their happiness. We just did a survey about a year ago that showed that 93% of contact center agents are stressed to a point of being hardly capable of working at least once a week. That doesn't sound like a great job. And so if you're struggling that much, you've got to have some tools around you to, to maybe help you not have that kind of stress in your life. Yeah, that is incredible, actually. And I presume, I mean, I haven't looked at the rates recently, but I presume with the great resignation because of that, have the rates gone up or have they gone down or what? Yeah, you, you think about it. It's the rates in the best contact centers are going down because they realized they were taking care of their employees. They got them home safe. And those that treated them more like a cost center actually increased their turnover quite significantly. You look at what was it? 4.3 million Americans quit their jobs last year. That's astounding. <laughs> and, and the contact center was not immune to that for sure. Is there something uniquely stressful about a contact center or is it some combination of just like normal job stress and something unique to that job and then just not being treated well because of, of that role is undervalued in companies? Or Sorry, I'm just shocked by that statistic. That's really, really high and toxic. Yeah, no, it's it's super high. And, and what it is is there's a combination of things going on in a contact center, particularly now take a contact center that's understaffed and then you don't have the tools. On an average, they have between 7-Eleven screens open at any given time because wow. the company is running around saying, I need all these solutions in front of you to give best customer service when really they're just stressing out their agents, right? So some of it is kind of the, the mechanization of this where we've got all of these different kind of metrics they need to meet kind of impersonalizing a, a, an interpersonal interaction? Am I, is that 
a fair way of saying it? That, that is absolutely a fair way to say it. And then compound that with during a stressful time like a pandemic, customers are calling with record wait times. Who do they take that out on when the phone is answered? And so you're you're not only you're doing the best job you can to maybe take care of your family and kids and all the things that you're doing in life that we all did during this. And then somebody is yelling at you for doing your job. Yeah. That sounds like a recipe to be pretty stressed out. Very interesting. Where do you see it going then, Tom? I guess the, the other thing that I thought was interesting about what you were saying was that the software that enriches these in human interactions. Yeah. And the other thing that was interesting, actually, just picking out from your, your bio, was customer experience intelligence company. I mean, can you talk a bit about those two aspects? Yeah, I mean, the, the technology gives me great hope to be able to bring these all together, to bring better action together, right? Is So if you think about in an average contact center workers day, they've got all these tasks to do and nobody's really supervising them or guiding them because what is it? Less than 2% of all interactions are even listened to by a supervisor in a manual way. So that means the idea of you maybe getting somebody to look at your work and give you positive or negative feedback is virtually zero. And so with our tools and with other tools, you're able to, for example, we do 100% QA and we can predict how the quality was of that based on we're turning voice into text, we're turning text into information. We call it capture, transform, and analyze here. By capturing it first, you know what's going on. By transforming it, you transform it into something that's readable by a machine. And then we have a great set of AI and ML tools that start to tell you what are the trends. And so give the contact center agents some hope in life, frankly, that hey, you had a really good call there. Do this again. Hey, you had you struggled right there. Let me send you a snippet of somebody that's doing it well and, and really understanding what's going on on a 100% basis. We all know we get what we measure. And so we're trying to measure everything. And are you looking at those things? Where, so if you go back to this sort of enriching human interactions, are you going into that from a sentiment type of analysis of of looking at not just what the customer is saying but what they really mean and and therefore or what the employee is saying and what the employees really mean and therefore how they should deliver that in a different way that's exactly right colin we're we're looking at it from both angles so we'll do, we'll do a predictive nps or maybe a predictive churn on the customer side and understanding their sentiment around it, we give it a sentiment score. But we also give the employee a sentiment score, which is unique in this industry. So we do some things around predictive turnover of the agent. We're constantly looking at the stress angle of the uh, agent. We just built a patent out that talks about the stress of the agent and what things we can look at biometrically and in their tone to be able to show what they're up to. It's pretty cool. Right. Right, that sounds interesting. Ryan, maybe we should be using that on this show, mate, for to see what the stress, the stress levels of the two of us are. Oh, I'm happy to tell you how stressed I am, Colin, which is <laughs> constantly. I've been thinking a lot and learning a lot about where the sort of the future lies. I'm hearing a lot of people talk about in the future, the 
bottom end of what is happening in in call centers is going to be done effectively by AI because it's sort of very transactional type of thing. And you're going to move towards having a high-end group of people in a contact centers that I guess deal with the more complex areas. What's your thoughts of where, where this all goes? You know, if we were projecting 10 years forward, where do you think contact centers would be? I think that's partially uh, right. I think it's people been predicting 15 years ago, they said voice would be gone by now. And it just isn't. And it's not. I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, as a matter of fact, the voice interactions are the same level as they were 15 years ago. All it's right, just well. that we have such growth in contact centers, so the growth, but the growth is coming in other places. So that's the real magic here is that I don't see a real, we're going to have to meet the customer where they want to be met. We talk a lot here about the customer center being a brand defender. And to be a brand defender, you can't just have a bot sitting out there hoping that it's right. These bots get tired, (laughs) for lack of better words, just like a human being, but they go out of tune very quickly. And so if you're not tuning them and taking care of them, you're no better than some level of of technological advancement, but you're alienating your end customer. So we have to be careful about all that as we go forward. The prediction in 10 years' time is voice will still be there. We'll have other digital channels that will come through and enhance it. So I don't know that you'll ever go to this high-end because right now that's the whole idea is that everybody should be high-end and useful in your contact center, you know, intercepting some of those interactions as they come. So, Tom, one of the areas that we've been looking at and is a show that's going to be coming out shortly is about the whole area of self-service. And one of the things that Ryan and I were chatting about was the fact that the younger generation don't seem to want to talk to people or as much. Let me be clear with you. I absolutely believe that voices will continue to be an important channel going forward because it's that human-to-human contact. Yeah, It's probably going to become situational, isn't it? And I'm thinking about that whole area of segmentation. Do you think it's sort of segmented that there's going to be a group of Gen Z that don't really talk to people and then there's the baby boomers, not that they'll probably be alive in 10 years' time, but who do want to talk to them? What's your thoughts on that? That's right on, is you're going to see a separation. That's what I'm saying, right, is you you have these brands and all of these things growing. And so the voice will remain an important part. We're just going to have to pivot back over to some of the digital channels that we do see the Gen Zers going for. But there's a point at which even they will want and need to pick up the phone or some other more personal, maybe, you know, it just can't necessarily be asynchronous. I think about them as synchronous and asynchronous workflows. And so sometimes it's got to be synchronous because you got to get something done. I'm the first one to go secondarily to to the voice, but there's a point at which I just pick up the phone and get it done. Whether that's employees, whether that's your contact center, sometimes I can't wait for the email to come in. I got to talk. Ryan, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, is that because it's important? Is that what's the sort of the theory behind those things, would you say? Similar to what you've both already mentioned, I think that there's a diversity of preference on this, even within synchronous, like some people prefer chat over voice, just because they they find that more comfortable and are able to manage that. And people have very strong preferences on these things. So to a certain extent, we can retrain our customers to expect something different. But that often comes with a cost and comes with time. And there will be people who will 
be insulted by having to engage in chat when they would prefer to engage in voice. And there'll be other people who are annoyed by doing the other. So it sounds like a, a segmentation approach whenever practicable might be kind of the maximum benefit to the most amount of people. And it just starts to make me think back to those days of running these contact centers, because the bloody integration that you've got to have between all of that, to use a phrase that doesn't get used very much now, actually, the omni experience, it's just incredible, isn't it, really? You're going to have a customer that's going to be on voice, then on chat, uh, and then maybe doing an email, and you're going to need the technology to pull that lot together to provide a seamless experience, aren't you, Tom? That's absolutely true. And that's, it's one of the big, that's going to be the kind of the next big hurdle that we see in the contact center is all these different channels coming through. And if you don't have either a good integration or, or maybe a single vendor or people starting to pull them together, you have this risk of, again, at Calabria, we call them stuck signals. If somebody's in and chat one time and then they're in in the voice another time, a lot of contact centers aren't gluing all of that together. And if you don't glue it together, you're going to end up disillusioning your end customer in that manner too. If I have to chat bot my address and my account number and then I end up on a phone call, have to say it again and again, uh, you've just ruined an opportunity to really wow your customer and turn it into a clunky experience. And so there's a lot of integration that needs to be done to provide these. And since so many of them are so new, we have to really focus on how are we going to do that and at what point. We wanted to thank everybody for listening. You are great and the reason we do this. We're really pleased that we now have over 200 episodes. We've seen the podcast grow and grow. And now, according to Buzzsprout, it is in the top 5% of all podcasts globally. Thank you. That is truly amazing and not possible without you. But we have one request of you. Can you please tell a friend, a neighbor, or even someone you hate? It'll be really good to get more listeners and it encourages Ryan and I to continue to produce the show. So please just tell a friend. As you were talking, it was making me think, so I'm an agent and I'm sitting there with, did you say seven to 11 screens? Yep. You know, now I'm here in 10 years time and I've got this integration. I mean, how in the hell do you get seven to 10 screens down into one? <laughs> so you're providing the, the right information to the agent for that right call. I'm, I guess maybe the answer is AI. I don't know. No, it's a fantastic question. And what it is, is, is looking at what's happened is there's so many great technologies coming out. We've seen it in the history of software before, right? As uh, I've been in software for 30 years in various industries, and, and you see these point solutions come out, and it just gonna, is going to take kind of a, a culling of them or an M&A that's going to bring some of these companies together. And as they come together, it'll be a natural screen. What that is, I can't predict today. I have some ideas, but they'll start to come together and provide. If you look at those 7 to 11 screens, there's at least a dozen things on each screen that are repeated on multiple screens, which is its own danger for sure. But there's a real opportunity here to, to rethink what that agent desktop could look like. And what do you think are some of the examples of technologies, therefore, that are going to shape the future call centers? 
well, it's going to be who who decides what is it a Calabrio that that pulls it all together and and says okay we're gonna we're gonna put our line in the sand and and we're gonna pull all of this data and and allow you to have your point solutions but at the end of the day I'm gonna show you everything you want to see is it a Salesforce is it a Cisco a Via five nine there's a million out there that could take that it's just got to be somebody that has access to all that information and determine that it's that important for our customers. As somebody who's living and breathing this industry all the time, is there something in particular that drives you nuts when you do engage with these call centers? Like, is there is there some problem that you can't believe is still a problem that a lot of firms just haven't kind of got their arms around when you experience this on the customer side? The one big thing is just the technology and having those 7-Eleven screens. I stare at them and I can talk to the customer about what they look like and how it could be better, but they've got this view of how they want it and they don't believe that anybody but their tool can do it better than them. Or the bigger piece is sometimes, and I'm sure you guys have seen this a million times in your career, the customer that says, oh, but we're unique. And they forget, okay, that's nice. And there's places for that, but you have to build, okay, what's the core things we're going to build and then add unique to it, not start with unique and have to build around it. Yeah. No, I, I, I have to say, I wish I had a, a dollar for every time somebody told me that they were unique. And I, I normally nod and think, no, you're not. <laughs> uh, because at the core of it, the core of a, of a human interaction as an employee interaction then it's all the same, basically. There are clearly going to be some things that are around the edges, but it's certainly going to be at the 80-20 rule, let alone anything, uh, probably even the 90-10 rule. Yeah, you ran a call center, Colin, right? Is the, the phone has to ring. Yeah. Somebody has to pick it up, and it has to be the right person at the right time. So you'd think about just that core interaction. That's great. I might be selling insurance A versus insurance B, but let's focus on that. Let's not focus on who's picking up the phone is any different than insurance B. I totally agree. One last question I've got for you, and that is, as I look at where I think customer experience is going over the next sort of 10 years, there's one word that I think is is going to make a difference between for organizations, and the word is proactive. I think that clearly at the moment, most organizations are reactive in the experience that they provide. And I think the competitive advantage over the next 10 years is going to be them to be proactive and provide a proactive experience. And therefore, the contact center, I think, is going to play an important part of that. Any thoughts, and feel free to disagree with me, by the way, but any, any thoughts on that proactiveness in the, in the contact centers for the future? Oh my gosh, do you have like an hour? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I wrote a paper in 2014 about the contact center of 2020, and some of it came true. Some of it is still out there. It is all about proactive. You couldn't be more right. What My position around it was kind of the birth of Internet of Things, where we have the chance for the call center to be getting information about whatever it is you bought through the Internet of Things and, and remembering that it can attach to anything you buy or do. And so you're going to be able to, and then there's other predictors, right? There's a million other predictors out there. That was just the easiest for people to get their head around at that point. Sure. Absolutely. In the next 10 years, we're going to see the best of the best are going to be able to do that. The best of the best already are in their own way. You look at, I'm working on a, a piece of research right now that looks at 
the last two years of the pandemic and those companies that thrived and those that suffered. The early research says that the contact center's health is an absolute predictor of whether they did well or not. Right. Interesting. I just want to reinforce, you, you heard what Tom said, Ryan, didn't you? That he said that he thinks I'm right. No, actually, uh, you were breaking up during that portion. So. <laughs> Great, Tom, this has been really, really fascinating. I want to end the show by our usual way of just saying, so if you are in contact centers and What's the one bit of advice that you would give people? So if they, they're listening to the show and they've thought, yeah, this is interesting, but so what? What's the so what? What do they go away and do? You go away and you analyze your tech stack and you talk to your agents and you ask them what stresses them out. A lot of these decisions are coming from on high and the employees, your best employees have the best answers. And if you start to listen to them, you're going you're gonna to have some fantastic outcomes. Great. And Ryan, your, what's your takeaway? There's a lot of really interesting information. I have not worked in call centers, so uh, a lot of this was new to me. But the stats that you were sharing around employee stress, those were really eye-opening. So I guess the, the thing that I would take away from this is it's very easy to look at call centers from kind of a technology and an automation and a metrics standpoint um, and all those things are great for efficiencies, but I love the fact that you are really pushing what I hope is cultural change. Like it, in the long run, it is just not good business strategy to immiserate your employees in the name of efficiency. And so, yeah, if people are massively stressed, they're not going to do their job as well. And you're going to have all those turnover costs. So can we apply some of these behavioral science principles towards making our employees more happy and more responsive. And I think that there's a lot of good to be done in that area, ethically, as well as from a business standpoint. So I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that, that that's a, an emphasis for you. Ryan, you, you hit right on it. We, we talk about the ethics of technology all the time here with me and my chief strategist. We're constantly looking at what are the bounds and how can we make what we do more ethical. When you talk about AI and all the things that we're jamming in there, that is the one of the first and last things that we talk about constantly is the ethics of it. I'm so glad to hear it, yeah. Tom, it's been uh, really, really good. And um, you know, as I said at the top of the show, I've always had a, an affinity in this area. I think it's it will continue. I can't see how contact centers will not continue because you're gonna always need that human contact. Talking about that human contact, if people want to contact you, then how do they how do they do that? A couple of easy ways, www.calabrio, C-A-L-A-B-R-I-O.com or tom.goodmanson at calabrio.com. And we'll put both of those in the show notes as well. So Tom, thanks very much for coming on the, on the show. And we uh, look forward to um, talking to everybody next week. Cheers. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcasts. We look forward to talking with you next time on The Intuitive Customer. Intuitive Customer.